Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Good day, listeners. Welcome to today's broadcast. Peace. Who is not for peace? Everyone talks about it, but it seems so very elusive. Who has found it? Who can keep it? Shuttle diplomats have crisscrossed the oceans in search of it. Countless wars have been fought to achieve and or maintain it, and many a pacifist has lain in the streets to force it. But always, always it escapes us. Why? Wars have never ceased and have never yet brought peace on earth? And the pacifists have only managed to stir reaction and conflict on account of their ideology. And why is that? Did Jesus not say, Blessed are the peacemakers? Then why is it that career peacemakers fail time and again to achieve peace? Why is it that on the local scene in our own communities, peace so often evades us? What is peace? Who is a peacemaker? What is that blessedness that Jesus speaks of in this beatitude? I invite you to listen with me to the seventh beatitude. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. There are people who do not like conflict of any kind. Such people will often go to great lengths to avoid such situations. Such people may very well think of themselves as peacemakers, and the fact is, you can find such people both inside and outside of the Church of Jesus Christ. The question remains, what is peace in the Bible? As you well know, at Christmas time everyone speaks and sings of peace on earth. People know about the song of the angels sung in the fields of Ephrata. And they think that they are quoting from that song when they sing and talk about peace on earth. Most people don't recognize, however, that the angels affirm that there is peace on earth, that there is among those with whom the Lord is pleased. But how can that be? Were those angels not mistaken? Was it not so in those days also that the world was a place where there was war, when violence and brutality and much hatred... There's nothing said in the Song of the Angels that denies that. What the angels sing about is this, that with the birth of Jesus Christ and through his atoning work, that root of war, namely the evil that resides in the heart of man, has in principle been destroyed. It has been cut out of the lives of those who, by faith, belong to God. There is peace in their lives because they have peace with God. The root of evil which set them in rebellion against God has been taken away and wiped out. And that's why Paul can say, Being therefore justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The point I want to stress, however, is this one. In the Bible, the word peace talks about the restored relationship between God and us, a restored relationship that is rooted in Jesus Christ. A restored relationship which now also bears fruit in the way in which we live and conduct ourselves in this world. Remember, 
The fruit of the Spirit includes love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The opposite of peace in the Bible is not war, but evil. That's the contrast. It is evil that is the enemy of peace, and evil is born of the evil one who is busy sowing discord and envy and strife. That explains why there's an ongoing battle between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, and the fact is no Christian can evade that battle. We are either peacemakers or peacebreakers. Against that background, we can approach that second question, who or what is a peacemaker according to Jesus? And at this point, it's important to remember that in the Beatitudes, Christ is not only addressing the citizens of his kingdom, he's also characterizing them. He's saying, to all who belong to me are poor in spirit, are meek, are merciful. And that's not an option. You can't sort of pick and choose. You may indeed say that every beatitude says that to us all. Be what you're called to be as citizens of Christ's kingdom. That means that we're called to be peacemakers. Now, how are we to do that? What are we to do? We are to be imitators of our God. The Bible tells us that our God is a God of peace. It also says that our God made peace by the blood of the cross. It is important that we listen carefully to what that says. It's important that we understand what that says. In his letter to the Colossians, Paul says that God made peace and restored the harmony between himself and the world. It was man's rebellion that had broken the harmonious relationship between God and man. But God made peace through his Son. Through the blood of the cross, he did it by destroying the power of evil and of the evil one. He is the great peacemaker. Paul underscores that by saying in his letter to the Romans that you must be wise as to what is good and guileless as to what is evil. God hates evil, all evil. And he says that there can be and will be no peace where evil is tolerated or condoned. Think of it. The God of peace is going to crush Satan under the feet of those who are the citizens of Christ's kingdom. That is a glorious perspective. But also that entails an awesome responsibility. Because now it is clear the Lord does not want us to tolerate evil. Anyone who thinks there can be peace where evil or injustice is tolerated, such a person is not a peacemaker, he's a peacebreaker. And that's precisely the point made in Proverbs 10, verse 10. He who winks the eye, at evil you understand, causes trouble, but he who boldly reproves makes peace. There's no mistaking what that says. Don't you dare tolerate evil, because if you do, you can't be a peacemaker. And that's the thing Christ is getting at in this beatitude. The whole Bible makes it clear that evil is the opponent of peace, that there can be no peace where evil is tolerated. And then it is clear also that a peacemaker is someone who fights against evil, who announces the gospel of God's peace in Jesus Christ. That's why a peacemaker will expose and oppose all sin, all injustice, all evil. But it's not true 
that love covers a multitude of sins. I better change that. Yeah. But is it not true that love covers a multitude of sin? Doesn't the Bible say that also? Yes, it surely does. Love covers sins. It covers a multitude of sins, says the Bible in 1 Peter 4, verse 8. What was Peter saying when he wrote these words? Was he saying to the church, just cover sin up, let it fester like a cancer in the body? Surely not. What Peter is saying is this, Christians must be sure that they hold an unfailing love for each other. It's not so that Christians don't sin. We confess that we have only a small beginning of the obedience which the Lord requires of us. The fact is, Christians can fall into serious sins, and when that happens, we must call each other to repentance. We expose their sin to them that they may confess it and be reconciled to God, and so be restored to peace with God. So we are peacemakers, and we will do that with compassion, with gentleness and kindness, with love and forbearance. For such is the fruit of the Spirit in our life. We rejoice not in what is wrong, but in what is right. And so there will be that peace of God that is beyond all human understanding. Peacemakers will oppose and expose all that is evil. They will seek justice, for without justice there cannot be, there will not be peace. We who are called to be peacemakers are called to proclaim the gospel of God's peace, the forgiveness of sins, and reconciliation with God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Blessed are the peacemakers, said Jesus, for they shall be called sons of God. There can be little doubt about the fact that Jesus means that here as a title of honor. It is a title of honor that reflects on the peacemaking work they did in imitation of their Father who is in heaven. On the one hand, it can be said that they are sons of God already today. Paul writes in Romans 8 verse 14, All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And he assures the Galatians, in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. The Apostle John rejoices, see what love the Father has given us? That we should be called children of God, and so we are. All who by faith in Christ belong to God, all who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It is a present reality. God hates evil. But he loves peace, and that's why he made peace through his Son, uncovering, destroying, wiping out the very root of evil. And that's why he calls all who belong to the Son of his love to be makers of peace by seeking to destroy every stronghold of Satan. He will publicly declare that they belong to him, that they are his children, his sons forever. To all who conquer, he says, I will be their God, and they shall be my sons. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening. Till next time.